Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Again, I say I just love worshiping with you, and um, I, I really do love uh, the body of Grapevine. I do. You guys are, are amazing to me. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew, or open your uh, electronic device, whatever floats your boat. Matthew chapter 5. And again, the bulletin we talked about this morning, not only has it got lots of information in it, it's also an informational fan as the weather starts to heat up, and it also has the, the sermon notes on the back. So if you didn't know that already, um, there they are. You can follow along, and you can fill these out, and you can hang them on your bathroom mirrors. I know all you do that. There's probably only a little spot left to be able to have a whole drawer full. Yeah, well, okay, at least, you're, at least you have them, so... Uh, we started this, this is our third week that we're talking about this program because we're getting ready to open Celebrate Recovery next Monday, as you heard, uh, Monday night, the Step Study Group. And so we're encouraging many people to get involved. You know, Celebrate Recovery isn't just for um, people that are drug addicted. It's for anybody who has a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. So we, uh, we started with the acrostic, and you, if you look on the back, you'll see how far we got. We got through the first four. I'm really going to try to get through the last four today, and I... I think we might. Last week I wanted to do three, but God took us in a different route at the end of, well, what he called the end of the sermon. Uh, God did some ministering to some people in some areas that I thought was very much needed. Uh, So we're going to always let the Lord have his way. Amen? Amen. That's what we do at Grapevine. We put a plan together and then we give it to the Lord. Here you go, Lord. Here's your plan. Here's our plan. Make it yours or or give us yours, however that works. I'm not going to try to force my plans on him. But let me pray and then we're going to read some scripture, all right? Lord, bless the word of God today. Help me just to convey what you've put in my heart for this body today uh, about the importance of this program we're starting and and how, even if we're not going to celebrate recovery, there are principles here that we all can apply to our lives to help us become stronger, more mature Christians and to be free. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, daughters as well. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Amen? Amen. Great is our reward in heaven. So let's let's just jump right into this. So we're on the letter V. The the letter V, these are the eight principles of Celebrate Recovery, if you didn't know. I, I don't know if I'm making that very clear. But these are the principles that you learn as you go through the steps and that you, that you try to live your life by. These are taken out of the Beatitudes that we just read. Uh, and so the, the, the V stands for to voluntarily, submit, to voluntarily submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. That's what the V is. And the the text that we get out of the Beatitudes is verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How many of you are familiar with 12-step groups? Anybody know what 12? Okay, yeah. 
Grapevine is known to, to have a, a strong element of recovery, and, and we always love to help people. So many of us are familiar with, with the steps. So the steps that, that relate to this principle are steps six and seven. And here's what they say. Step six says, we are entirely ready to, to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven says, we humbly ask him to remove all of our shortcomings. Those are pretty bold statements. You want him to remove your defects of character, and you want him to remove your shortcomings. Careful what you pray for, because you just might get it, amen? Sometimes we don't even know what we need, but I'll tell you what we do need. We all need transformational change from God, not man-made change, amen? I've changed some stuff in my day, haven't you? How'd that work out for you, Sherlock? Yeah, yeah, the best laid plans, yeah, you know what that one was, right? Didn't work out too well. We need to ask God to help us remove our defects and to replace them with godly characteristics. See, God doesn't just take something out of you and leave you empty. He takes something out of you to put something better in you, amen? And that's what we're talking about. See, we keep grabbing the wheel, and we keep heading in the wrong direction. You don't want me preaching like this, huh? Because I'm... I'm telling your story. I'm reading your mail right now. You know why? Because we're trying to do it in our own strength and not in God's. Listen, if God is your co-pilot, time to change seats. Amen? God needs to be the pilot of your life. He needs to have complete control. And once you realize and you accept that he's forgiving you and that he loves you, that he died for you, you will let him have change in your life. You will let him begin to make changes in your life because you trust him and you know that the changes are for better. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Aren't you glad about that? I am. I still look in the mirror sometimes and think, oh, man, really? Did I say that? <laughs> Did I do that? Did I want to do that? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Why does it take so long to change a character defect? Because you've had it so long. It's part of who you are. It's ingrained. It's, it's in your DNA. For many of us, it's how you were raised. It's the environment that you grew up in. Things were acceptable, and they became part of your life. And now you're looking at the mirror of God's Word, and you're saying, well, thanks, Mom, but you didn't do such a great job in every area. She shakes her head, yes. I'm not trying to put my mom on blast. Everybody, that's my mom. She'll spank me later. It's okay. <laughs> it's human nature for us to hold on to something that we've had for a long time, even when it's not good for us. I mean, think about it. The children of Israel, right? What was the first thing? They got out of Egypt, and they're coming up to the Red Sea, and they got the Egyptian army behind them, and they're like, Moses, you brought us out here to die. Can't we just go back to our bondage? We just want to go back to our bondage because over there we knew we had a bed and we knew we had food, and now we're about to die. What about the children of God? What about you and I? The Bible says that for us, we like to go back to our own vomit. There, there went. I just curbed your appetite, so I got an extra 15 minutes to preach today, right? Nobody's, nobody's hungry now. But look at this, Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Now, I know it's not saying that you go back and eat your own vomit, but it's the same thing. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. I got any insane people in the house? 
Right. I'm preaching to the right crowd today. (laughs) Listen, change is hard, and Satan will discourage you every chance he gets. He will distract you. He will take your eyes, try to take your eyes off the prize, take your focus and put it in places that it doesn't belong, take your fake focus off the things that really matter. See, Satan knows that you're, you're, you've given your life to the Lord and, and, and that you're on your way to heaven. But man, if he could distract you and get you to go back to your vomit and begin to live life the way you used to, I don't know what to tell you about your salvation in that regard, except um, I would be questioning whether or not we make it to heaven. Once saved, always saved. I'm having a hard time with that. I know not everyone wants me to preach like this. I, this ain't the Baptist church, family. This is the Pentecostal church, amen? We're here today to be real. We can't be a knucklehead all our life and expect to spend eternity with the Lord. We need to voluntarily submit our lives to Him. Now, it's a work in progress, okay? He's not expecting perfection. Because you submit your life to Him today and you mess up tomorrow doesn't mean you're doomed to hell. It's willful disobedience, Amen? We're talking about willful disobedience. Here's the problem. We have a tendency to identify with our character defects and the voices in our head instead of who we are in Christ. We have a tendency to identify with our, with our character defects and, who's, and who Satan says we are instead of who Christ says we are. I'm a loser. My name's Ron. I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. Why don't we identify like Ron? I am set free. Amen. Michael, how do you identify yourself? Okay, you can shorten it a little bit, the rest of you, but that's how Michael does it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so that was the V. Here's, here's the next one. Here's the E, okay? Evaluate all your relationships. This is getting hard, okay? Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others when possible, except except when to do so would harm them or others. So that principle is is, is tied to verses 7 and 9 in the Beatitudes. Verse 7 says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. You want mercy extended back to you? You need to be someone who shows mercy. Verse 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. The church is called to be a place of peacemaking. We are. The the, the world is counting on us. The only hope for the world, listen, isn't our government, isn't Donald Trump, isn't Obama, it isn't Hillary Clinton. The only hope for the world is the local church. Three people believe that statement. Four, okay, good, thank you. Getting somewhere. So this is tied to the eighth and the ninth step. Step eight says this, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Dang. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 31, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. If we want forgiveness, we need to be able to extend forgiveness. And the ninth step says this, we made a direct amends, so we make this list, and we become willing to make amends. That's the first part, right? 
And then we make amends, direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Here's what Matthew says in, in, in Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. We said last week that we need to do an ongoing house cleaning in our life. That's important to continue to look at ourselves just because maybe we went through, like Mr. Mike says, I went through steps. I went through the step study and celebrate recovery. I graduated. But he knows that he didn't graduate life. He didn't graduate kingdom. He knows that there's a continuous house cleaning. We have to continue to look at ourselves. We need to continue to to weigh ourselves according to the word of God because more will be revealed Just when I get one problem and one struggle and one characteristic and one defect lit, guess what? God usually shows me two more. Thank you very much, Lord. (laughs) Man. We have to get rid of things that keep us from being who God intended us to be. Look, I know I'm preaching to a CR crowd, but I'm preaching to everybody in this room. Man, there's things in your life that are keeping you from becoming everything that God has called you to be. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 says what? Oh, this is terrible. Let's try it again. Let's read it with me. How's that? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. This section is all like, why are you guys looking at us? It's right there above your head. <laughs> we also need to evaluate our relationships. You are who you hang out with. You know that. Some relations, some of our relationships are toxic just because of the people we hang out with, because of the decisions that we make while we're in their company. Some relationships are toxic because of the unforgiveness in our heart, because of things that have happened in relationships, because of things that might have transpired in family or in other areas of life. But forgiveness... It's part of the healing process. Forgiveness is part of your healing process. It's important. It'll actually give you the freedom from the bondage and the hurt that someone else has done to you. We've got to get this. We, get, we need to understand. Forgiveness doesn't release the offender. It releases you. doesn't mean that you put yourself back into harm's way. We are not doormats. We're Christians. We're born-again believers. We're more valuable than that. You need to look at yourself the way the Lord looks at you. You're the head and not the tail. He desires you. Some of you need to get this. Some of you, don't, you you're, you're like shouting, shouting, yeah, 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 but you don't believe it here. You don't believe it here. You want to believe it. And listen, for those, this isn't in my notes, so this is free. For those of you that don't believe it but want to believe it, Celebrate Recovery is for you. It is. It's a place where healing can begin. To be merciful means you forgive someone whether they deserve it or not. Mercy is undeserved favor or unmerited favor. And it's exactly what Jesus did for you. 
extended mercy to you. We forgive because Jesus forgave us even when we didn't deserve it. Look, look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's important. We all know that resentment doesn't work. Unforgiveness is unhealthy, and it will destroy you. It'll weigh you down. Illness is tied to unforgiveness. You're the one losing sleep. You're the one stressing out. You're the one losing weight. You're the one that's missing out on the joys of life. And the person that you're having a hard time forgiving is not. Nothing drains you more than bitterness and resentment in your life. Listen, if you release the offender, you'll release yourself. Amen. You guys okay? It's quiet in here. Water break. We need to put our hurt in God's peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We need to let the peace of God overwhelm us. And when there's bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, jealousy and envy, and we can go down the list, we won't have the peace of God there. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. The ball's in your court. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably. Well, you don't know what they did to me, Pastor Ron. They looked at me like that. I know. Maybe they're born that way. We need to make amends where it's possible. Let's go on to the next one, okay? The R. The R stands for reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Blessed are the pure in heart, says verse 8, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Step 10 says this in the, in the 12 steps. We continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admitted it. Wow, more house cleaning? What is this program? I quit already. <laughs> so is our walk with the Lord. It's all about house cleaning. Cleaning up our mess, man. Figuring out that we don't got it all together yet. Figuring out that we're still messed up. I love what Paul said to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I brought this in the NIV because I like the way it read. So, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you got it all together, be careful because you're on a slippery slope. You know, it's that log hanging out of your eye. <laughs> That's a bouncy log, I know. We don't have it all together. 
And for you super spiritual saints, okay, it's called sanctification. It's a process. Salvation is instantaneous. Sanctification is a process. It takes work. It takes work to be holy. God said, be holy because I am holy. You're not born again holy, amen? You're born again and then you work at becoming holy. And it takes work. It takes reserving time. It takes spending time with the Lord. You have to be in the Word of God. You have to be, you have to come to church. You have to hear funny sermons and weird things that Pastor Ron says. You have, you have to come to Bible studies. You have to fellowship together. Amen. And sometimes you have to join a support group like Celebrate Recovery because you've been trying it so long, you haven't figured it out yet. Step 11 says this, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge for His will for us and the power to carry. I wish we all prayed that way. Only for the knowledge of His will and the power to carry that out. No, we got to pray for, God, can I have a new BMW? No, pray for the power of His will, or the knowledge of His will and the power to carry that out. You begin to pray that way, and you see what God does in your life. I might preach this morning, I haven't decided yet. Colossians, go back to Colossians, chapter 3, verse 16, says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. You can't let the word of God dwell in you unless you're spending time in it. It's the only way to accomplish that. It's not just like through osmosis. Well, I put my Bible under my pillow every night before I go to sleep, Pastor Ron. I turn on a... a, 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 a Help me, help me talk. Somebody help me talk. I turn on the Word of God and it plays all night while I'm sleeping. You're sleeping! How much of it do you actually remember? I turn it on and then put my earplugs in so I can sleep because I don't like any noise. No. The only, way to, the only way to know God is to spend time with God. Now, if I want to get to know... Brother, what's your name? Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Welcome to Grapevine. If I want to get to know Eddie, I'm going to have to hang out with Eddie. Me, me and Eddie's going to have to go to lunch, right? First day here, and I put him in the seat of illustration. Forgive me, Eddie. Forgive me. He's like, oh, man, what did I walk into? I don't I ask these guys. I don't ever do that. I don't know what overcame me. It's because I like you, Eddie. You're, you, first day here, you come into the front row. Hey, he's, he's family already. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Spending time with him by being in his word, again, by, by listening to sermons, by, by going to Bible studies, by sharpening each other, by talking about the word of God. We know that the only one that can heal is God, right? You know that. CR can't heal you. It's just a platform that the Lord can use to heal you. There's lots of platforms that, that God can use to heal you. It's one that Grapevine is choosing to embrace for a season. And see what the Lord will do with it. And we're excited about it. We're, we're looking forward to God doing some amazing things. Listen, we will relapse if we let our, if our, our guard down. And we go back to our old way of doing things. And it's, it's, the, it's the same for all of us. We'll go back into our old lifestyles as soon as we let our, let, let our guard. Listen, what do they say? Seven days without the word of God makes one week? It's true. There's patterns in our lives that have to be broken. 
and there's patterns that have to be established. They say this. They say it takes 21 days, three weeks to make or break a habit. Okay? That might be true, but I say it takes at least three more weeks to get that pattern established in your life. Okay, you break the thing. Now what? If we don't replace it, if we don't find, fill that gap with something healthy, we'll go back to it because it's what? It's our comfort zone. It's what we know. Reserving a, a daily time with God helps us with the self-examination that we need. House cleaning. Looking at ourselves daily in the Word of God. Mr. Mike, I know he's not here, so I'm preaching about him because he'll listen to this later. He listens to all my sermons because he's not in here. I love that about him. He watches them actually on Facebook. So I'm talking about you right now, Mr. Mike. I don't even know what I'm going to say now. I love that guy. That's what I want to say. There was a point there, but that's okay. We'll move on. Reading the word? Uh, I lost it. It's gone. By reading the Word of God and spending time in His presence, we, we gain, listen, supernatural strength from a supernatural God who desires to give you a supernatural life. He does. Listen, I, I live a supernatural life. I'm a superhero. Listen, the natural thing for me to do, okay, the natural thing for me to do is to get high, chase women, drive drunk, Lie, cheat, That's the natural thing. Yeah, that's my sin nature. That's the natural thing for me. The supernatural thing for me is that I haven't done that in almost 24 years. That's supernatural. See, I, I can't do that without the super on top of the natural. Amen? I can't do that without God's super on top of me. Because my, my natural pull, my, my sin nature, the gravitation of my, of my flesh says, let's get high. Let's, let's do something stupid, because stupid's fun. You guys, you laugh at this stuff, because you, you live there, I know. <laughs> I know how to preach at Grapevine, it's okay. I might not be able to get away with this anywhere else. But, but it's the supernatural. It's the power of God, and He wants to do supernatural things in your life. You can't do it without the Lord. So before we move on to the last principle, I want to take a minute and I want to pass around these clipboards because we did this two weeks ago, okay? If, if you're interested in attending CR, just put your name on here and then there was a paper there. Well, I'm missing a paper. So we'll have two clipboards. Well, they have copies, but we'll send two around. Listen, here, here's what you need to know, okay? We are going to be providing child care if it's needed. So far, no one has needed it, so we don't want to bring it. A children's worker in if we don't need it. But if you want to come, and that's one of the obstacles why you wouldn't be able to come, please put yes. We have a great program. We bought curriculum. There's actually curriculum, so your children are kind of learning some of the same principles, biblical principles that you're learning, all right? So when mommy and daddy or mommy or daddy come home and CR is something that they're talking about, the kids are like, they have a little bit of understanding what mom and dad are going through. It's pretty awesome. We did it at New Life Chapel. It was incredible. You kids, you, you know what? Your kids aren't stupid. They already know. Well, I've been keeping it from them. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you have. Let me have them for five minutes and let me talk to them and we'll tell you how much they know, okay? If I want to find something out about you, I just ask your kids. 
My pastor used to say, if I want to know how you live, I'll just look at your checkbook. Also, one other thing that you need to know as those boards are going around before we step into the last, last point here, uh, that we're going to be running the bus every Monday. So if you're somebody that, that lives over by the Nelson campus, uh, uh, Paul's going to be, he's one of our drift bus drivers already, he's going to be driving it over here every Monday night. So it'll be, it'll be leaving that campus at 5 o'clock, to be, right? Step study starts at 6? 4.50, okay, yeah, 4.50. You guys are usually there early anyway. Ten minutes till five, and the bus will bring you here and take you home. We're trying to eliminate all your excuses, if you haven't noticed. Because they're easy to come up with. The enemy will help you with any kind of excuse. If you have another one, uh, somebody owes me a pizza. Thank you very much. Pepperoni. That'll work. Share, I'll share it with justice. All right. Let's, let's do the last one. We are going to get through all these today. Why? Why? Reminds me of the Mickey Mouse song. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and my words. The scripture references from the Beatitudes are verse 11 and 12, and it says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all, things, all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Listen, this ain't going to be easy. Part of recovery is helping others. If you listen, I, I'm a firm believer. One of the things, one of the main reasons that I was successful in my recovery, especially in early years, and I still am this way, is because I got involved in service work. I started serving others who were like me. The first thing my pastor did is, it wasn't called CR back then. It was something else when I first got saved. I can't even remember the, the term of it. But he took me out to San Francisco, him and his wife, and they trained me, and I started doing a recovery group. I started working with homeless and doing those kind of things and serving in food pantries and food banks like what we have. I got out of myself, and that's what this step's going to push you to. It's going to want you to yield yourself to God and, and to bring that good news to people that are around you. Step 12 says this, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. So because you're going to have a spiritual experience, you're going to get closer to the Lord, you need to, to engrave these things, and you have to carry that message, and you have to practice these things. It takes work. CR would probably be one of the hardest things many of you have ever done, and some of you need to step up to the plate just because you haven't done anything yet. Just trying to be real. I'm not trying to beat anybody up here. Some of us have been waiting for an opportunity. I don't know what it is, Pastor. I know I'm supposed to be doing something for it. I know that God's calling me to something. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you what. One of the first steps you can do is get involved in this program and see if God peels something out of your life that you'll be attracted to. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Listen, if you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bar for your 12th step. I'm going to get all my buddies saved. Yeah, no, you're not. They're going to get you saved is what's going to happen. God will do amazing things in your life the moment you surrender to him. The Bible tells us that it's, it's in, our weak, in our weaknesses that 
actually we're made stronger. Yes. It's when we confess that we have shortcomings and we realize that, that, that we, it's, it's difficult at times. It's, it's when the things of, of the Spirit just start to begin to, to blossom in our lives. I'll, I'll read the text to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I've had a very successful run of ministry in 20 years of serving the Lord. And I don't say this in a braggadocious way, but God has has gifted me and, and allowed me the privilege of leading and I said this the other day, quite possibly in the tens of thousands of people to the Lord. It's the greatest joy of my life to tell people about my Savior. Man, if you haven't tried it yet, if you haven't, if you haven't stepped into that arena, if you have never told somebody about the Lord, it's incredible. We're going to ask you next week to wear your comfy shoes, right? We're going to go out in our neighborhood... You're not going to be out there preaching. We're not taking blowhorns. That's not how Pastor Ron does it. You want to do that, you go down to Huntington Beach. You see him down there. You go down the strip. If that's their thing, go for it. But we're just going to go out. We're going to take some flyers to our grand opening. And if there's people out there, we're going to say hi. We're going to hand them a flyer. We're going to put it on door, doorways. Don't put them in mailboxes. It's against the law. It's evangelism. That's reaching out. The proof that you are truly recovering is when the focus comes off of you. And you begin to focus outside of yourself. First to God and then to other people. When you share your story, it not only gives hope to others, but it brings healing to you. There's only one thing better than going to heaven. Taking somebody with you. So I finally remembered who it was that said this. St. Francis of Assisi. I don't know if he was a sissy. I'm not going to call him that. (laughs) Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. My statement about leading possibly, I really, I'm not trying to be evangelistic and, and inflate a number. Quite realistically, tens of thousands of people to the Lord is because of my story. Not because I preach the gospel so well. No, but because of what God has done in my life. You, can't, you can argue with me all day long about this word, and there's people that do it. You can't argue my story. What God has done for me is real. Amen? What God has done for you is real. So another thing we're going to be doing on Easter, and, and in your bulletin, you're going to have this green card. Everybody got a green card, praise the Lord. Yeah, I'd say I didn't say it, but it's being recorded on Facebook. I I said it, I said it. Last Easter, who was with us last Easter? A lot of new people. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We are so glad that you're here. So we do this thing, it's called a cardboard testimony, and it's powerful. It's sharing your story without using words. It's writing your story down on a piece of cardboard, one short sentence, and I'll help you with this. I'll, I'll give you some information on this, but what I want to know is is who wants to be involved, because on Easter Sunday, as part of our sermon, we're going to have a cardboard testimony here. 
So you don't have to raise your hand. What I need you to do, and I want 25, 30 people, so don't feel like you don't qualify for this. If you're interested and you're not even sure what the heck I'm talking about, look it up on YouTube. Just look cardboard testimonies or just come to this meeting. Okay, right after, um, right after ser- service on April 9th, not next Sunday because we're going to take the postcards out, but the following Sunday, and I'll remind you next week, we're going to have just a, a quick meeting here to see who's here. I'll give you the cardboard. I'll give you some instructions. And then we'll go from there. But I really want 25 or 30 of you to get involved in this. Because I'll tell you what, it'll blow some people's minds. We're, we're expecting, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm praying for 500 people. Praying for 500 people. I don't know where we're going to put them all. But that's what I'm praying for. Would you stand with your, to your feet with me? I don't invest um, as much of my time with you for a lot of the ministries that we start here as I have with CR. That should tell you that I, I fully believe in the recovery process. I'm a person of recovery. Got my feet wet in N.A. 24 years ago. saved my life but Jesus saved my soul and if you're here today and you're like you know what pastor I CR whatever I don't even know who this Jesus is you're really talking about today with every head bowed right now and if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never made a commitment a commitment of faith saying yes to him Jesus Christ and asking him to be part of your life I want you just to show me your hand say pastor please please pray for me anybody thank you thank you see your hand what about on this side anybody over here thank you thank you praise the Lord praise the Lord just put your hand down let's pray this together family let's say Jesus forgive me I'm asking you to be part of my life Take away the hurt, pain, show me how to live. I confess you as my Lord and Savior today. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good.